0: Backbone Taker. My name's Nick Brown for Brown. I'm joined by Mr. Nathan Custis. And Nathan, how you doing? Hello, Nick. Oh, you're fantastic, aren't you? Oh, I'm just enjoying my third Radler, <laughs> <Yeah>, Nick. <laughs> let's get that 1.5 <laughs> standard drinks out, mate. Nectar of the Gods, Nick. You bitch. After Bilsons, of course. <laughs> so, yeah. Bilsons is our favorite. Bilsons is our favorite. I uh, drink Billsons. Drink bills. Take pills as always. Yes. Code W W D O D W. 15 off your order. Yada yada yada. Nathan, let's go to you. Last, Hello. Last week we did something a bit interesting. Yes, we Nick. did my top 30 albums of all time. Favorites, Nick. Yes. Um. Yeah. And it went. Over Okay, I think And it was good fun Thought we all had A good time doing it I thought you were great Doing the um, the questions You were asking and The way you did it So we thought Let's reverse the order, Dave And let's go for your Top 30 albums (laughs) I hate my list of of 30, (laughs) Uh, Let's start with that, Dave So top 30 albums um, When you sent it to me You said Rate it, hate it And let's debate it (laughs) What do you think of that? Oh, fucking I, I, I didn't want to rate it at all after that. <laughs> I want to ask, you kind of brought it up. First question straight up. How much Since you've sent that to me, yes. how much would you have changed? Don't tell me the, the albums itself,
1: but is there a lot that you would have changed? No, because I changed my list probably 10 times before I sent it. Okay. So I, I gave it probably five days. I sent one last week when I was just at home chilling and three minutes to you. I'm like, yep. there, there's 30 albums and you're like, no. Nah give it a bit of time. So I gave it a bit of time and I came back. I listened to every album during the week. So not every song, of course, but like you skim through the majority of the the meat and potatoes and you find out kind of what you do like and what you don't like. A lot of... Albums didn't hit the mark Nick So yeah. these 30 I think Impacted me most
0: What? Are, so you're saying Certain albums Didn't hit the mark Yes Is there any one That comes to mind Is there one album That maybe went Oh I thought This was amazing And maybe it just
1: Hasn't held up As time has gone A couple on. of stiff ones Yeah Nick. So songs about Jane Ironically Maroon yeah. 5 so Wow Back in the early days Nick So I'm talking When I was a little Grade 5, 6 Year 7 I, I don't know When that came out We were really young So I'm talking OC time And we're watching that On a, yeah. ch- on a Monday night at 8 30 on channel 10 but songs about jank great album that has a couple of really good songs harder to breathe uh great this song. love really cool songs but i'm like as an album it just doesn't do it for yeah. me the great songs are good but it doesn't it the mark defy the great line under oath yes that was what i i thought that would 100 percent be in <sighs> nick talk to
0: me how stiff that one is
1: uh it's probably in there if i redoed yeah okay. number 30 but um i i listened to they were going to be in a question in the quiz but that album for me when I first started driving, was the first album I really listened to. So mm. I, I didn't know anything about Under Earth. I thought they were just this little preteen kind of MySpace era band. They were on everyone's MySpace back in yeah. the day. I'm like, who are these guys? And then that album, dude, it stands alone. I don't really like any of their other albums. Yeah. And that's the one that I really love. But it didn't make it, Nick. Disappointing, there, Nate. No, no
0: <laughs> but the thirty albums, nave that you yes. come through, it's a it's a very lovely list. I it's like eclectic. It. <laughs> um, <laughs> don't ask me to spell it. A couple of controversial moments. Very, yeah. cu- a couple of very controversial yes. moments, which we'll get to. Um, your top ten is the most baffling thing I've ever <laughs> read in my life. I've, I've made, made sure to go through each individual one on yes. that. But let's start with number thirty because yes, I, I love this pick straight yes. up. Evanescence, Fallen, from yes, two thousand and three. Um, look, talk to me about that time period. When, when did you actually listen to that album?
1: Oh, I reckon I listened to Bring Me to Life. It might have been at a movie. I reckon it might have been yeah. Underworld or something like that. Uh, I reckon Amy Lee, she really, dude, like, I, I think she's paved the way for females, especially vocalists in the metal scene. And I see a lot of what Spirit Box do now with Courtney. I see Spirit Box in Evanescence, like what yeah. Evanescence were doing with Fallen 18 years ago. Like, listen to that. My Immortal, one of those just piano songs that probably. Went more after I started losing people when they started yeah. passing away in my family. So, like, you listen to songs like that and they mean more and they hit more. But back when I was 10, I probably didn't really give a shit. Absolutely, but yeah. We went and saw them at Soundwave 2012, 13? Yep. 13, we did the Sidewave. We saw them with Stone. No, oh, was it Stone Tower? or That was Linkin Park and Stone Sale? wasn't it? Who did we see with Evidence? Black it's Audio. Black Audio. So, the AFI. It's that was his side project. side project. Davey, whatever his name was. Davey Havoc. But seeing that live and going back and listening to those songs... The whole album's phenomenal. Yeah. It's really, really good. My Last Breath's a great song. Listen to that. And yeah, Tournique is a really good song. There's no bad songs on it, dude. So I reckon that impacted me guitar-wise. Cause like you get a lot of wrestling bands. They weren't a wrestling band, but yeah. they just had these riffs and I'm like, this is sick. I remember seeing like a, a metal thing on this and
0: I was like going through like the best metal songs ever. Like it was way back in the day. It's like a VH1 thing. And Bring Me to Life was on there. And they were talking, and they were just going like this song, and like, yo, it's got this piano at the start, but then mm. that riff. Oh. Dun, 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 dun,
1: like that guitar tone, is so iconic. Well, Going Under is another song I didn't even Absolutely. talk about. It's one of the, best, like, that's one of my favorite songs, Nick. So I really, I'm glad we got to see him. And a band with a great discography as well. Like, they've got two or three, or well, maybe, maybe more,
0: three, at least two or three great really albums. Really good albums,
1: yeah. yeah. And that's the thing. They're different, dude. Like, they are not your generic metal band. They have the pianos. Amy Lee's voice is phenomenal. It's operatic. So you don't have many yeah. people that can sing that high and stuff with their vocals so like the beefy guitars. That, that's what hooked me. Her voice and the, the hooks of the guitars. Yeah. So they sold me straight away.
0: Nate, yes. I was go- going through this list and yes. one band kind of caught my eye oh, straight no. away. Um, it was While She Sleeps. Oh, yeah, While She Sleeps appear the most throughout this top 30 yep. albums with three. They got Brainwashed at 26. Yes. You Are We at 20. Yep. And This Is the Six featuring Def Toll, as you like to say, Nick. at 13. It has to be in it. <laughs> Talk to me about While She Sleeps and your love of
1: them, where that started. Oh, that's a great question. It was Christmas Day. In 2014, I'm going to say. I think this album, This Is The Six, came out in 13. It might have been 13 Christmas Day. So I went and bought the album. And our mate Sean uh, talked about him a little bit, our our old static revenue guitarist. He was a big fan. And I'm like, Sean, you're a big idiot. You you don't like any good (laughs) music. You only like Mastodon. I'm the only other one that really likes Mastodon too. But we both like Mastodon. Everyone likes Mastodon now. But listening to While She Sleeps, I listen to This Is The Six, and I'm like, oh my God. It was different, it was piano, it was like Loz's voice was the gang vocals, and I was a gang vocal fiend for a long time, I still am, but there's just something about this band, and like Metalcore at that time wasn't really stale for me yet, so I listened, and they probably are my favourite band in the scene, they probably still are, so that album, This Is The Six, I just fell in love with the band then, and then um, Brainwash was the next release, and that was really good, Four Walls is one of my favourite songs, then my uncle died, and um, is it Our our Legacy, Our our Legacy, and We're Alive At Night was the... Kind of guitar intro into that. Listen to that a million times. So that I love that track. And then you got Trophies of Violence. You got the title track, Brainwatch is fucking mental. And the back end of that album, I actually did something a little bit different. So back in the day, Nick, what I do with an album. You know how you get in the car and you listen to the first four songs religiously over and over. So you put an album in, you listen to the first four songs. So you listen to those first four songs and they become more, you listen to them over and over. You kind of get like familiar with them. I started this album at track six and I moved to the back. So then I would listen to the the front six after the back six. So I became familiar with the back six before the front six. That's cool. And I actually enjoyed the back six yeah. more than the front six, but the front six were more regarded as better songs. So <laughs> it's kind of interesting. But then You Are We, that's probably their best album. So yeah. you had the biggest song with... um, Oli. Ollie, exactly. Had the feature there. was amazing. I, I, I love Feel. That's a great song. Your is a great song. Civil Isolation's a great song. And I just think... Like, I'm just looking at my list of 30, and there was a couple of other bands I had in that were going to make it in that slot in front of them. But... Yeah. I just love While She Sleeps.
0: Would they be a top 10 band of all time for you?
1: Yes. Where would they? If you they had to, would like, be, without being you know, oh. exact, where would you kind of rank them, you think? I'd have them in the top 10. Top five? I reckon yeah. top five. They're my favorite band in the scene. Them and Bring Me, they're yeah. my two favorites at the moment. I, I, I love the Aussie bands, Pikeway, Northland, Polaris, but probably at the top, those two. So I'd say top five I'm going to give you, Nick. I'm going to go five. Oh, okay. Rise Against the Offspring, got to be one and two because they're the two greatest <laughs> bands of all time. But yeah, no. Nah
0: i'm gonna go five uh, uh knocked loose different shade of blue comes in at 27 and is, how the fuck did that make and, list? <laughs> and is your most recent album yes. tw- in 2019 yes uh, i noticed this like yeah you know, there's one album in 2019 there's one in 2017 being you yep. are we by while she sleeps yep. and the rest are 2016 and prior so mm. uh, look, talk to me about that album how did different shade of blue make it in and i guess what was like how come there are not many recent albums in your list That's a
1: great question, mate. Uh, I'm I'm a little bit like with you, with the recency bias. I don't want to put too many in, like, because you can easily put in, like, the Mortal Coils. You can put in Aliens, the most stiffest. That would have been 31 on my list, Nick, by Northland. If if that was out five years ago, that'd probably be my top 20. But I don't want to put all those in too soon because I think you can overreact in the moment. So I think old school, they kind of mean a little bit differently to what they, they do with the newer kind of school songs. So... I think with Knock Loose, that album is going to stand up. I think that's going to be a very important hardcore release in the moment of time. I think that is going to stand the time. I think that'll rise up my list too. I think as time goes on, they release more music. I reckon that's the one that put them on the mark and made them the kind of band that they are now. Like Was it Laugh Tracks, the previous album, 2016? That was a really good album, but I didn't really like Knock Loose back then. I didn't listen to them. So this was my first introduction to them, and then we saw them at fucking Unify. We saw him at a sidewave. We saw him at bloody... Invasion. invasion. Fest. We saw him at that little party. Brian Garris came and played <laughs> with fucking Jesus Peace. And yeah. like, I don't know. You, you gravitate. You see that band a few times and you're like, this is really cool and the album's great. Features, yeah. you got Keith Buckley as a feature. Emma Boster, Dying Wish, great feature. Serpent's Touch and forget your names. I, I, I know, I love that song. Yeah. I, my, maybe the Keith Buckley, meets a fiend. <laughs> that probably could have had 10 songs in our 100 that year. Yeah. I just think that's the best album we've had. I know Ammo won the album of the year, but... I think di- yeah. Even going back for
0: me, I think different shade of blue and, and Alien probably overtake that for sure.
1: And that's what I mean. Like you look back, but in the moment, it's different. Yeah. So time kind of changes listening things for you. But yeah, that album for me. So you best. say
0: Alien didn't um, was very stiff. You say <sighs> that would be number thirty one. Yeah. And you have Singularity in year twenty two. But you've always gone in and kind of said Alien's probably their best album. So talk to me about that kind <laughs> of like how hard that would have been for you to do.
1: Nostalgia, Nick. Yeah. So absolutely, Nick. Yeah. Purely, I went and saw. North Lane off that tour with a band called carnival yes. at the Melbourne Town Hall with my friend Pat <laughs> and one band was coming off singularity and one band was coming off of symmetry mm-hmm. one band Nick became my favorite band for the next few years I'm gonna let you guess who that was it was
0: carnival it was definitely <laughs> not carnival
1: <laughs> because the symmetry sucked but watching that with Adrian he was on his last legs his vocals like did, he didn't really notice it then but his vocals were kind of lacking a little bit like yeah. I, I love the album I love that album for what it is I think from front to back it's the the easiest album for me to listen to until alien came along if alien came along at the same time alien would be higher i I just i know that i just don't want to be putting too many at that stage into my list because the impact wasn't there this had more of an impact on me with nick peterson the drumming and just everything about it it just just felt big because it was screaming and full-on screaming i didn't really listen to that kind of music them and parkway were my kind of heaviest bands at the time and I loved it. I just love the prog. I love everything about it. It's just yeah. something about that album. But yeah, do you have a favorite song off that album? Oh well, it's it's funny you say that, Nick. Yeah, Green. I'm a Dream Awake fan. As I you know. Yeah. I, I do like that song a lot. I know. Um, was it Masquerade? One of your yeah. favorites with Drew York from New York. One of the greats. Um, <laughs> World Eat is a great song. You got um, Scarab, but um Dream Awake. I love um, Singularity. The, the actual. The title track. The title track. The actual, like. I don't know what it is about that with the guy talking over the top it's just there's something about that when you're at gym it just that was my gym song I, I yeah. love that song but dude it's a really good album Yeah
0: it's one of those albums I remember when it came out mm-hmm. I almost tried to reject because it was almost trendy like it was Yeah I loved it such it. a trendy yeah. album yeah. dropped quantum flux and that was, that song was so massive. And I just remember thinking yeah. like, uh, I don't know, like it's it's good, but instead of, you know, when you kind of are on the edge, you can either go one way of being like, this is amazing and yeah. kind of go with the pack or you can just be anti. And I think yeah. at the time I just wanted to be against everybody
1: and I was yeah. like, this sucks. But it was fun being that trendy guy going against it yeah, at times because like you don't want to be the same as everyone, especially yeah. when you listen to music. So that's just, as you say, and that was the that was the beginning. Like it was Adrian because the next album literally was Marcus. So yeah. that was the end for me. Like I saw him at Soundwave twenty. 20- 13, 13, they yeah. were the first band. I regret not seeing CrossFaith, of course, but Northland, for me, have meant a lot, so to have them in the list, I probably should have put Alien at 30 over Evanescence, but Evanescence meant more to me as a kid, so yeah. I put that in my favourites.
0: You got uh, Alexis on Fire, Christ Yes, at 25. Now, yep. I assumed, to be honest, if I was to have a guess of what your list would have been, would have had that um, Divide the Great Line and yes. this album in yes. there. Obviously, one made it, one didn't, yep. but talk to me about Alexis on Fire and how important was it for you to see them at Unify 2017?
1: Massive, Nick, massive. So this album this was really like came out in 2006 but i didn't listen to it till i was probably 19 18 19 but there was one song that i used to listen to on my ipod at school yeah. so this could be anywhere in the world for everyone that doesn't know that song go listen to it a band called brighter at night nick yeah Our friends at high school there was a battle of the bands one night Yeah. i got my mum and dad to take me to watch them i don't know why well, i went there it, uh, it might have been the mechanics all but this song kept playing over the speakers so i was 14 <laughs> and it was this could be anywhere in the world i'm like this is Really cool, and it played four times, and I'm like, "This is really good." The hook's awesome. So Dallas Green is the clean man, does city and color. Yeah, so incredible. yeah, massive vocalist, and this was just a really cool album. And like I was getting into screaming, and like they had the cool hooks, and "Boiled Frogs" next, one of the great songs of all time. The song itself, "Crisis," um, <laughs> what, um, a Nick, <laughs> what a name! What a name! They have three. The, the cool thing about Alex on Fire, they got three vocalists. So yeah. the bassist actually does screaming as well as the main singer, and then Dallas Green as well. They're an unbelievably talented band, they're Canadian, which yeah. is cool. So I'm like, they're not American, yeah. I'm gonna get behind them. But there is something to
0: that when you're younger as well. Like, that kind of happens and you're yes. like, fuck yeah. Like, America, you feel like when you get into, like, if I got into CrossFaith, a like yep. Japanese band, you're like, oh, yeah. this is cool, this is different. Different, like, absolutely.
1: Well, 2006, you look at the albums, I think it was 1X by Three Days Grace. You had My Chemical Romance mm. and Black Parade. You had a lot of albums. You had, I think, Suffering the Witness came out in 06. There There's a lot of albums around that time when I was 13 ish. That I listened to, and like you look back now, and probably because Crisis was the heaviest one, I like that the most. Yeah. So that's always been nostalgic for me, and I love that album.
0: No Three Days Grace. You, no, you mentioned one X. I I Again, another album I would have absolutely
1: pinned you yes. for. Um,
0: talk to me. Why? What, how did that not make it in?
1: Uh, just, I don't think it's as good as the others. And yeah. like it, it does mean a lot. I, I bought the, there was a live video at the palace with them playing. Cool live video, but then they kicked the singer out, and it yeah. just, the kind, I just lost that. Touch and kind of, you know, like you're attached to a band, and then things kind of change, and you just grow apart. I just I don't listen to them anymore, and it's like they were there for a long time when I was probably 15 16 They were like an angsty band. They yeah. they had the hard rock. that I Hate Everything About You, which was one of the great songs of all time. <laughs> that was one of those video fucking Saturday ten o'clock Channel Ten specials. I saw that. Waited all week to watch it the next week, and it wasn't in the charts. So I'm like, where am I going to find this song again? Nick? Yeah. Until we saw Riot on a Smackdown versus Raw, I yeah. reckon, and then they became a WWE band, and 1X, great. Time of Dying, great song. It was a funeral song. I've listened to that a lot, yeah. so, but yeah, just stiff. I just think, the other 30 albums mean more. If that yeah. makes sense, and great band, but they're a hard rock band now. Them and the Shine Downs. I used to love those bands. Yeah. Like, I went through that phase, of the hard rock phase, the Salivas, I love all those bands, but, it's not
0: me anymore. They almost don't have that longevity as some other no, genres mate. do.
1: And like Limp Biscuit's different. I love them for what they are. Yeah. I grew up listening to them, Linkin Park, bands like that. Corn, not so much. They didn't make my list. But yeah. I listen to those bands and they still have merit listening back to their music. Slip, not the same. But those are the hard rock bands. You see the festivals now and you're just like, nah and Benjamin too. A few punk
0: rock albums I yes, want to Nick. talk to. Um, one of them that I was really happy to see in here was yes. Billy Talent too. Yes, Nick. Um, oh, really fantastic album. Uh, that that first those first three Billy Talent, especially oh. the first two, Nick. were just really excellent. And <sighs> Dead Silence was a great album. Billy Talent's a really cool band who just, unfortunately for me at least, fallen off over the last few years. One of those bands, Nick. Yeah, absolutely. You grew up apart from, but this album makes it. It's got a lot of bangers on it, doesn't it?
1: You know what this is and what it means to me, Nick. So my first proper job in the city so i work for a sporting fucking sales company so it was an hour drive into the city every day i listened to this album for the month and a half that i worked at that place hated every day but i was listening to this album and it was around the time you said come watch billy talent with me i'm like i don't fucking know any billy billy talent songs i'm not going so then i went out and bought billy talent too because i listened to red um red Red Flag flag and um fallen leaves and i'm like these are two of the greatest songs of all time. <laughs> and then Devil in the Midnight Bass" came on at the start, Nick. What a guitar tone. Oh, I was sold. Ian yeah. Sarr, I think, his name. Absolutely. The actual guitar. He's a freak, that guy. So, And he does the cleans as well. He's a phenomenal singer, but. This album Go to War is as good. It stands up to any album on yeah. that list, and it's just a great album. Great band, Canadian really cool band, band as well, Nick,
0: and a band who love lim- the Living End as well, as we as we <laughs> saw when we saw them live with Sum Forty One. Is
1: that the greatest actual one-two combination one-two show we've ever seen?
0: <laughs> Sum Forty One, Billy, and T- Billy T-
1: Talent. It's pretty insane, isn't it? Like the, and the only one
0: I thought could have topped it was The offspring and Sum Forty One when they announced their show, but it never fucking happened. So can't we? Yeah. I That'd... guess all Metallica Slipknot again didn't happen. Dude, I had tickets to both of like, them. And... That's an- <laughs> <laughs> Making me real sad <laughs> um, well, we brought, I just brought up the Osprey. Yes. You got Smash coming in at 12. Yes. Um, it, you know what I think? Uh, it's really cool to see because yep. like, I had two Osprey albums in. Yep. Neither of them are Smash. I think it shows how good the Osprey catalog actually yes. is. Um, why Smash over any other albums? And talk to me about this album.
1: That's another part of being different, Nick. I think the popular albums are Americana. And like obviously, Ixnay had gone away all I want to, all my favorite Osprey songs. You've got Conspiracy um, with. um. Million miles away, uh, original prankster. Original prankster, want you bad, and it's just like, what a smash out. So smash for me was different. It's grungy, it's yeah. different, and like I've got um, another album in there a bit higher up that I like as well. In that same kind of vein, came a couple of years later, but self-esteem classic. Um, you listen, to <laughs> Nick, the greatest punk song of all time. It was it Killer Boy Powerhead? <laughs> We'll roll with Killboy. No, Pam. what is it? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm not going to say anything. But, um, bad uh, habit. <laughs> bad habit, but yeah. I'm telling you now, with Smash, there's just something about that album. It, it was on, Bloody Epitaph. When I was growing up, I used to look at the bands on Epitaph Records, and there was just one album called Smash that sold 20 million. Everyone else has sold like 300,000. I'm like, what the fuck is this? And then you <laughs> listen to the album, and like you listen to the big songs with any band that you listen to at the start, and... It had self-esteem and, like, Gotta Get Away and songs like that. But around that are just great songs. And throughout, I just think it's a complete album.
0: I think a lot of times with bands, and you notice, like, a lot of the times, whether or not you get into the deeper albums or you go through and actually buy an album depends on whether or not these the singles are good. Yes, And Nick. the singles on that album are fucking fantastic. Come out and play, Self-Esteem, Gotta Get Away. Like, those are amazing tracks. And then around that, when you have Bad Habit and you have Nitro on there, it's just like, it's really fucking special. It's a really fantastic album.
1: Nick, something to believe in is a monster. Yep. Kill Boy Powerhead, as you say. Uh, our actual, the song itself, Smash, p- pardon me, freaked me out when I first listened to it because yeah. of the ending. I'm just like, what the fuck <laughs> is this, Nick Brand? It kind of freaked me out, but then it kind of takes merit to Ixnay and Americana with their humour. So, yeah. I love that about The Offspring. And yeah. And, Just ahead of that,
0: at number 11, is Suffer and the Witness by Rise Against. Um, I think mine might have been 10. I think mine, I can't remember, basically around the similar spots, What an album, right? Like, it's just, I've never heard an album quite like this This is
1: number one for me for years, Nick. This is the uh, the greatest album of all time.
0: Understandably so.
1: (laughs) Well, Rise Against and The Offspring kind of go hand in hand for us. It's kind of like you grow up with The Offspring at primary school, Rise Against take over in high school. You, You enjoy the music and Suffer and the Witness, 2006 it came out, I was 13. You go to Big Day Out when were we were 16, listen to the songs off that album, listen to the songs off Appeal to Reason, came out in 08, two years later. Those albums were just monstrous at the time when yeah. we were growing up in high school. And like, I just I wanted to be in a punk band after that. It was like, you, you go to Big Day Out, you see the songs, and you're like, this is the coolest thing ever. And yeah. like, yeah, I've never had momentum and energy and a feeling like that at a show ever since. Yeah, absolutely. My like energy and like just the adrenaline from that show was, I've never. It's never been topped. It's,
0: it's very similar to like it's very similar to like a junkie having his first high
1: and yes, always dude. trying to
0: search for. It. It's like that well, first one's
1: always the best. We've searched through many a pit, and it's <laughs> yes, a, for me. Search through the pits of glory, and I'm telling you, like, I've been in a lot of mosh pits. I don't anymore because I'm a lazy fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Back in the day, I would always like. we seeing them probably four times since. They're a great band, but appeal to reason and suffer is their best album by mile. Ever, yeah. Just from go to woe. Like, you just look at what they did on those two albums. I can't believe they did it in a row. And in our era when we were growing up, was the perfect time to listen to them from yeah. the offspring. And just, oh, like, we played drones a bazillion times in our old band at high school. That was just the song we'd play. So ready to fall. Uh, it's just unbelievable, that album, dude. And I, I, I don't know, like, the, the injection um, start, like, it's just chamber the cartridge, sorry, the yeah. start. It's just so cool, that yeah. album, dude. And just... Something about it. I don't know, just the album cover, just everything about it. Was it was just something else. It
0: felt and it also felt like a real necessary passover from the Osprey two. Yes! Right? Guess, uh, for us at that age. Like it really felt like a real natural progression, a little bit heavier but it's still very offspring. Like, as you said, my old man would always say, like, they sound the same and we, yeah, would, we wouldn't agree. A... No. And, and Now we look back, and we're like, yep, that's like, there's a couple of songs and I'm like, that's a direct ripoff of The Offspring now.
1: I'm looking now, sorry. I'm terrible with names of songs on yeah. albums and stuff, but I remember Under the Knife being on uh, Never, Never Back Down. Down. Yeah. And I'm like, that's not Rise Against. And then you listen to the album, you're like, that's Rise Against. Mm. And it's like, holy shit. Then you got Prayer of the Refugee, one of the greatest songs of all time. Good Left Undone, done. Survive. Oh. It's just an unbelievable yeah. album, Nick. And like Injection was track two. And like you got Ready to Fall, Bricks, don't really care about Bricks. That's probably the one throwaway <laughs> song. But Drones, The Approaching Curve, Worth Dying yeah. for, Behind Closed Doors. Just a great song. Nostalgic. Everything about it. Love Absolutely. it. Uh,
0: another cool. one I'm assuming would be quite nostalgic for you is Homesick. A Day to Remember. Yes, Nick. Um, this was a big album for big you. Album. I remember this kind of like, I'm actually a little bit surprised I'm not a little bit higher mm. on here. Comes in at number 18. Yes. Uh, talk to me about A Day to Remember as a whole and like this album. When did
1: you start listening to this record? Recency bias has probably hurt this album, Nick, with what yeah, they've done absolutely. recently. Yeah, it so, happens. I think if they were still popping out bangers and You're Welcome was a good album, yeah. I'd probably have this in my top 10. Yeah. But like, you, you first, you grow up. You you listen to a couple of songs. Your mates always had heavy bands on their iPods and you'd listen to a couple and you'd be like, oh, I don't really like this, whatever, whatever. But For Those Have Heart was the first real album I listened to by them. And like Plot to Bomb the Panhandle was the first song I listened to, but I didn't listen to the album. The first album I listened to was Homesick. So that was probably when I was 16, 17. And there was a DVD. I always used to want to buy DVDs for bands back in the absolutely. day. So Homesick came with this DVD called the Homesick Sessions. I watched it with you. You hated it. It's the worst <laughs> thing of all time. Data remember trying to act. It's absolutely garbage. But you listen to the album and you listen to the doco and you get familiar with the songs and then you, you listen to the album more and like we started playing a few of the songs down full of a soul. Uh, Mr. Highway is one of my favorite songs. The best day to remember song, I think, to this day. It's the heaviest song they've written. Yeah. I love that track and there's just something about it the the artwork like jeremy's voice being screamer and a singer i just there's something cool about it and at that stage we're coming into that kind of being in a band phase and everyone wanted to be a data remember playing breakdowns yeah. and doing big hooks and that's what they were doing and then common courtesy came out after what separates me from you and those three in a row were pretty big albums nick yeah. so what separates me from you wasn't jersey shore they had songs and featured in that all i want was a big song but those two albums weren't as good for me as homesick homesick is nostalgic it's a historical, like it put them on the map. Really, like it really it was just it also
0: felt like an album that, like it, you know, there are certain albums that we say like changed this this scene. I think this did. This absolutely yeah, cause did. It blew hope. them up, didn't it? Oh yeah, and yeah. It, like, and as you said, every band wanted to be a data member remember mm. for a few years. There, you yes. still have remnants of that album through bands like I Prevail and that who like you know clearly have kind of taken a lot it. of a yep. lot of liking to a band like even from the artwork itself. Like they've still got their little guy in there. I want to talk about your top ten, Nave.
1: Give it to me, Nick. I want to start with number give 10. It to me.
0: Now, there are no rules when it comes to making a top 30 album. I want us to bend them all. But there is one, there is a couple that you've broken in here. But one in particular, the one I'm more pissed off about, is your number 10. Uh, the cardinal sin of putting a greatest hits album. The audacity, the goal, <laughs> the absolute nerve yeah. of you doing this. The Red Hot Chili Peppers. Look at the cover. Greatest hits. I don't give a shit what look at the cover that, is. Look at that beautiful, li-
1: luscious lips are on the TV there, Nick. The
0: Red Hot Chili Peppers, Greatest Hits, <laughs> number 10. Okay. There's got to be a story here, right? Massive story.
1: Yeah. So, Nick, obviously, um, Chad Smith, one of my favorite drummers yes. of all time. So, Chad Smith, the drummer for the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Long story short, my dad used to buy Greatest Hits. So, like, he, him growing up, he had the Police Greatest Hits, he had excess Greatest Hits, bought the albums as well, but always bought the Greatest Hits. So, I grew up listening to a lot of Greatest Hits. Yeah. So I listened to the Osterman Greatest Hits before I listened to the albums. So I listened to... These greatest hits with the Red Hot Chili Peppers before I listen to any albums. And I really didn't grow fond of their albums, but this greatest hits, Nick, for whatever reason. I started playing drums. Whoa, I would have been eight or nine, I reckon, at primary school. So I went and got lessons and all that shit. And then Good Charlotte came out, The Young and the Restless, and they had the anthem, and I was drumming songs like that. I was drumming Living End songs and the Offspring songs. But then the Chili Peppers, I listened to this, Nick. Yeah. So 03, I was 10. But I listened to this. I look at the songs from... Oh, Nick, you got to go through the song list. <laughs> Under the Bridge, Give It Away, California. It's just full of just great songs. And I just fell in love with the Chili Peppers off that. Yeah. And from there, like, uh, they, they played a big day out, like, through high school. You went and saw them. Yeah. And, like, they came out with Stadium Arcadium. I think it was about 06 again. Another great album that had a couple of good songs on it. And um, I don't know. It was just something about this that kind of started me drumming. And I love Chad Smith. And just, I don't know. There's something about this. I was just really, really close to. I listen to this a lot. Like, yeah. I listen to this a lot in year 12 because. I was drumming a couple of these songs for my end of year kind of piece. I tied it in together, got the Chili Peppers in there because the fuck I wanted to. So. <laughs> but it, dude, I, I'm not like over any of their albums. I'm over this, their greatest hits. And this really kind of set me up drumming. So, Do you
0: think the Chili Peppers haven't had like a, an amazing album by themselves? Do you think it's more like they've had a few good singles each album? Yes.
1: Thing? I don't think I've given them a chance albums wise. Because yeah. like you say, like, I, I look at these songs and they're all great songs like there's not a bad song on the other side suck my guess by the way like breaking the gear high ground that's a cover but fortune faded save the population the end of it phenomenal songs i go through their albums and think there's a lot of shit yeah and like i just don't give it the time of day because i've grown up with all these bangers Absolutely. and it's like well if they're not like these songs well i'm not going to give them the time of day. of <laughs> but that's a bad way to listen to music as well so that's yeah. my counter to greatest hits because like you do miss out on a lot of good songs so like I would have missed out on a shitload of Offspring songs if I only listened to The Greatest Hits. I would have listened... Because I I remember I bought the Sum 41 Greatest Hits. I bought the Blink-182 Greatest Hits when I was 18, driving. And if you don't deep dive and go back, you miss a lot of music. So, yeah. it's cool to listen to when you're growing up and you want to just listen to a few songs. But it's also bad at the same time. So, yeah. I don't really like Greatest Hits because of that. Yeah. But but this, this one, one had, for this me one had an impact. This one was my drumming impact, yeah. so that's why I've got it in there, and I think that's meant a lot more than the other albums to me for that reason. Absolutely, so, yeah. and I
0: know a couple of albums that you really love and are just phenomenal records. Oh, don't come do in it. at eight and nine. Uh, Linkin Park and Linkin Park. What uh, do you think of this? Meteor at nine. <laughs> to throw Hy- up? Hybrid Theory at eight. How dare you? First of all, <laughs> um, these, look these are. These are timeless, man. Like the the impact is still heard throughout yes. our scene, yep. um, throughout main street rock scene. Amazing. Like it's Linkin Park, man. Like they're I you know a lot of people say they fell off after these albums. I still love Minutes to Midnight, but um man, these albums, you can understand why people didn't didn't like the the next few albums as much because these are just so good.
1: Well, I remember last week your story was it about Linkin Park, you didn't listen to these at a stage fully through. It was, yep, yeah, live in Texas. Kind of similar to the um the greatest hits thing. Which is the same as yeah. greatest hits, but what was different to me with Linkin Park? My cousin had a tennis tantrum when he was Two years older than me, so I would have been nine, he was 11. So Hybrid Theory came out when I was seven. So it was a couple of years after Hybrid Theory had been out. He had the CD in his mum's car. So we are playing tennis one day, yeah. and he was crying. He had a fight with his sister. She beat him in tennis, whatever. He was a little <laughs> sook, little bitch. We went, in, we went into his car, and we listened to this album called Hybrid Theory. Yep. And I'd never heard anything like it. I'm a fucking impressionable nine-year-old, yep. just learning to play drums, learning... Fucking, like, lumbumba or whatever it was called back in primary school, this shit. And I heard all this screaming, and I'm like, what the fuck is this? And Nick, it took me a couple of years to come back to realise what i just heard. Yeah. But that was my first impression of Lincoln Park. I was a fucking nine-year-old. And I'm like, okay, whatever. But you get to high school, you listen to the full album, then you end up... I got it on CD. Hybrid yeah. Theory was my first one I got on CD. And then Meteora came out, and Numb was my favourite song through high school, I reckon. I yeah. love that track. I didn't, like, faint until we saw it live, and I yeah. am the biggest idiot of all time, Nick. But... I think hand-in-hand hand, together, they go one-in-one. One. So I, I, I just find it really hard to separate. But Hybrid Theory, I listen to first. I yeah. think it's a better album from Go To Woe. And it's more nostalgic for me in that area. And Meteor is a great album too, but it just doesn't hit quite as good. But it's yeah. eight and nine. I, yeah. I don't want to separate them. I don't <laughs> want them to be eight and 20. I want them to be close. Isn't
0: it funny that like you feel like if if these two... If Linkin Park was, say, around right now, yes. and they release Meteor and Hybrid Theory <sighs> back-to-back in the same way... It would cop a lot more criticism now because oh, boy, yes. it'd be like, oh, it's the same album. You know, it's the exact same thing. Like, there's nothing new here. It's just another Linkin Park album. Yep. But back in the day, it may be... Maybe people were saying that, but because we were younger, we didn't really know. We no. were just like, "Music's music." We didn't even know what a fucking album was back then. Really, well, they
1: changed new metal basically. Absolutely. Like they yeah. brought in like I-, I know there was DJs playing, but the way they actually performed rap and singing, yeah, no one had done that in new like new metal. Like Slipknot was going crazy with their metal style. You had Corn who were bounce core with fucking dreadlocks and just scat core. Like, they were yeah. crazy. limp Biscuit, they were rapping and taking the piss out of him. But Then Linkin' Park made new metal kind of. I don't know, stand up and become- Mainstream as shit. Mainstream as shit, exactly. You had Chester, who still to this day is my favorite, probably vocalist, maybe ever, Yeah. who had the beautiful clean voice and the crazy screams. Mike should notice, we love him as a rapper. Yeah. To combine those two with the music they were playing was the perfect storm and it was the perfect time. And they were the other band of the generation, like from 2000 through to he passed away because they had hits after hits on every album they did, regardless if it was electronic, heavy, Minutes to Midnight didn't fucking matter, did it? Living Things, they had big songs on Transformers. And yeah. They were an unbelievable band, but these two albums, man, so they just... We grew up in the right time for Absolutely. it, so yeah. And to go to your oldest album that you've got on here, number seven. What a stitch up this is.
0: Nevermind yes. by Nirvana. Um, I know, you know, you you and the the cover man from the baby are having a bit of a beef at the moment. Oh, we are, Nick.
1: But what a wanker! Let,
0: let's talk, man. Like this is how important is like Never mind. When did you actually listen to Nevermind? Let's I, go with that.
1: I blame your dad for this. Oh, really? So. We grew up listening to the Foo Fighters not knowing a lot about Nirvana. You hear a couple of songs on Triple M, whatever, when you grow up, go to the footy, whatever. But your old man goes, the Foo Fighters have never written anything as good as Nirvana yeah. one day. And I'm like, what the fuck is this guy talking <laughs> about? So your old man, is, he's scarred us for he's life. Come, he's <laughs> coming some hot takes. <laughs> but it's the best because yeah. you go back and that's why I listen to Nirvana because... I went out and didn't really listen to Nevermind after that specifically, but I got into a doco frame of mind, and I just went through docos after docos, and I bought a doco called Kurt and Courtney. Yes. So, Nick Bloomfield, an English documentary, did Biggie and Tupac as well, really cool conspiracy movie docos, and I learned about Kurt Cobain's story, and I listened to a few songs, and I'm like, oh, Dave Grohl was actually in Nirvana as a drummer, and then like we went to Soundwave in 2013, and Butch Vig was there for... He was the producer of Nevermind, which is the album that I've got there, and... You do the deep dive and you're listening and you're like, oh, there's actually a couple of really cool songs and you listen yeah. to the Nevermind Itself. And it smells like Teen Spirit's one of the best songs of all time. The, uh, the film clip, the, everything's like, this is the greatest album ever. I'm like, well, I'm going to go check out if it is. It's like going back and watching Star Wars. This is it what it's cracked up to be? Yeah. It either is or it isn't. And this album for me, it was it's a Paul Heyman doco. My name is Paul E. He talked about ECW being what Nirvana was to music, as yeah. in being to wrestling, because they came over and they were sex, like drugs and like, crazy wrestling and like they changed the scene Nirvana did that with music they changed it from fucking halloween and motley Crue with the pretty boy yeah band. the hair metal glam metal band to so this grungy just movement which brought about allison change and soundgarden and pearl jam and Pearl. like it's unbelievable pearl jam probably were as good as Nirvana to yeah. be honest but because that's like what what happened with kurt and because nevermind was so big this album was just so good nick yeah like from front to back i know it's been overplayed a million times on the radio but there's just something about it. Sometimes it's for a reason, right? Like, there's a reason why sometimes <laughs> albums are getting overplayed. Nick. <laughs> Territorial Pissings is the greatest song Breed. of all time. Breed. And bre- <laughs> how's that for a one too. Yeah, like, honestly. Disgusting. Like, it is. Uh, a couple of
0: scene albums do make the yes, top Nick. ten for you, Nathan. I'll, I'll save the number one until later, but your number six and number three. You got number six, Every Time I Die, with Low Teens. Yes. And then a number three, Bring Me the Horizon, said Paternal. Um, both like Seb is just such a staple in this scene, but I want you to talk more about Low Teens because that album's just like I, I don't know when that album dropped. It felt like we just went, well, this is just peak music, isn't it? <laughs> that was
1: the peak of my scene. Yeah, like ways I think when Low Teens came out, it was twenty three, still in an the angsty kind of era. Like you're finding yourself, you're listening to music, you're, you're listening to new bands, and I remember it was from parts unknown. Was twenty fourteen? Yeah, I bought that and I thought this is good. But then Low Teens was great. Yeah. And I'm like, this is better. And for whatever reason, I gravitated towards that because back when we recorded in um, Static Revenue, Nick Brand, as, um yeah. we're going to meme our way to glory. Yeah. We, was the actual, the producer of the, the CD said that we sounded like Every Time I Die. Bo McKee. Bo McKee. So from Closure in Moscow. And he goes, you guys have a little bit of Every Time I Die. We always sort of rage on crack. That's what we used to call yep. ourselves. But... I listened to a couple of their tracks after that on YouTube. I'm like, what the fuck is he talking about? (laughs) Because, like, you listen to two or three songs, you don't get a gauge. If you don't get the right songs, you're going to be like, what the fuck? And I did it, Nick. And until, like, I I I went back, I listened to X Liars, I loved that. Uh, uh, Another bloody, I don't know, there's something about Every Time I Die that we both love, but this album for me put it all together. This is my first real, I don't know, like, at that stage, I really liked Every Time I Die, but. I wasn't in love With the band as yeah. much And then this album came out And it kind of propelled them To the top I'm like this is so good uh, I think Map Change I was in America Was it 2016 this yeah. came out so I went to America That year at the end of the year Map Change is in one of my um, Playlists And I listen to that Every day in the shower Whatever And um, just got attached to that And you come home And you listen to that Over and over and over And over and over You get the, the CD uh, I've had to buy two CDs Nick I wore it out And yeah <laughs> I don't know. I, I love the I love the pink writing. I just I love the tr- like track to track. I don't want to join a stupid cults oh, iconic God. song. Nick, like you just look fear and trembling glitches. 1977. Uh, it's just so damn good. The coin, as I say, Nick. I don't know. I, I don't know if radicals going to be as good, but. Yeah. If it's half as good as this, it's gonna be the album of the year. Do you think that seeing them live very soon
0: after helps with that? Because like you got we got to see essentially every fucking song from that al- that did. album. They like played and they played so many. At
1: the sideshow. I- and
0: it kind of showed like how good of an <sighs> album it is. Because, you know, sometimes that you know, bands overplay their new album, but when we saw them play live, it was like I wanted to see every fucking song from Low Teens. And over the, the few shows they played, I think they played every song.
1: Well, Two Summers was the track that I really liked at the, like the first few months when I listened to the album. We saw it live and it was shit and I'm like ah oh, fuck <laughs> it was the one track that didn't go off the crowd yeah. did not give a shit yeah. I was like oh that really and that's what I talked about with classic albums like it, I need to see the songs live to see the gauge from the crowd because if you don't get a crowd reaction I'm going to think there's something wrong with the song yeah. <laughs> yeah. so my opinion's going to like waver but every other song and Map Change is the best closer that probably in the scene yeah. I, I I think and like Keith Buckley's voice having Andy Williams in like AEW Wrestling Now it's just they're such a cool band man and this album for me it just was the perfect time it was 2016 i was drumming i was playing it on drums and yeah going through a bit of shit and it was the great album nathan i yes i
0: gotta talk about number four and five Don't do uh this too many, sandwiched it. in between bring me sepaternal and every time i die low teens is carnival the martyr at number four yes and number five carnival sound awake oh, kind of grouping them in together same with lincoln park in that sense um Yo, we're not. I don't think we're huge prog fans. I think you're maybe a little bit more than me, but I don't think yes. you've never considered yourself like a huge prog
1: God, fan. God no, I say it on the show to piss you off more than anything. But
0: Carnival have always been the exception to the yes. rule, haven't yeah. they? What What is it about these albums? Um, yeah. Where when did you start listening to
1: Carnival? Ah, uh, firstly, two thousand and nine, Big Day Out. The first band of the day that yeah. I saw was Carnival on the stage. This is probably the best. Like, I'll talk about one two as we talked about the Offspring. I mean, I'm sorry, Billy Talent's on forty one. We saw Carnival into Mastodon at Big Day Out. <laughs> yeah. Mastodon were playing at 12 o'clock on yeah. a fucking little stage at Big Day Out. The biggest metal band probably in the world now. And yeah. Carnival played first. And I didn't know what the hell was going on. Ian Kenny's a tall, skinny man with this great vocal range. And this drummer's an absolute beast behind the kit. They're playing these different riffs and bass chords. like The bassist in this band is just so damn good. I fucking <laughs> love this guy. But from that album, they had the sound awake album cover behind the band when they played so i went and bought sound awake was the first album that i bought for my car so i went out and bought that and i thought it was pretty shit i'm like start well you listen to it like it takes a few listens that album yeah and you listen to it a few more times because there's a couple of songs that go a long time and new days become my favorite carnival song truck three and like you go through it and there's just so many good parts it's just i think it's the perfect saw me and kenny's voice just suits that style so well and then You go back and you listen to The Martyr, and The Martyr, for me, (laughs) I love Sound Awake, but I don't think it's as good as The Martyr. So that's why I've got The Martyr a little bit higher, which is four, and I think Sound Awake's five. So very close, but to me, I don't know. They just they mean so much. Like in Australia, being a different kind of band in the scene, it just was so cool. I love the name. It's everything about it.
0: Both album covers are so cool as well. They are really fucking sick. sick.
1: Well, I remember seeing Life Like on a a rage it was a rage on channel 2 yeah i saw that late at night when i was probably 14 or 15 and I, i'm like because i was screaming i'm like this is shit i don't i don't like yeah. this i remember the clip and it was mental and i'm like carnival like what a shit name <laughs> and then a couple of years later we go to the big day out and we see him and then i'm like oh okay And then you're listening to deep dive and probably i'll probably over listen to those albums but they just mean so much to me i listen to dead letter circus after that did the cog thing did the tool thing yeah never got massively into tool like i just they, there's Albums and shit went on Spotify and they went online. Yeah. So I never really listened. I went back into the catalog, but Carnival were just that band.
0: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And if you add number three, Separate Turn on by Bring Me the Rise, oh, I want to talk about number two. System of a Down, yes. Toxicity. Oh you um, know, yeah, we talk about classic albums <sighs> and. Yeah, there are a lot of classic albums in this 30, but yep. this might be the most classic in some way, as much as Nevermind yeah. is. Cla- to our scene, like Massively. Toxicity is yep. just the album, isn't it? Like, yep. What do you think about this? When did you actually hear System of a Down? Because I remember not really, it took me a while to really get into System. Mm. I always thought they were like what I called like a moments band, where they had cool moments, but like the songs weren't that good. I've got a great story for you. What do you got?
1: I went to Fiji when I was 13, 12, 13, family holiday. So we rocked up. In the airport there. And there was two posters on the wall in this just random CD shop in the airport. One was hypnotized and one was mesmerized by System of a Down. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? (laughs) But previously, Nick, the reason I knew them, because I'd heard BYOB on V, on the show, on the Channel 10... And I saw Serge with his long hair and all scared yeah. shitless. I'm like, what is this? It's a
0: cra- That film clip's fucked up
1: like, I, at the I, time for a young kid. I watched that and I was, f- I was so scared of this. I'm like, what the fuck is this? But I loved it so much yeah. at the same time. I'm like, I'm so scared, but I love the hook on that. And BYOB, that was my introduction to System. And unfortunately, um, well, not unfortunately, but fortunately, on that trip, I had Chop Suey by System on my MP3 player at the time. And I listened to it 20 times on the bus trip <laughs> from the... The, the plane. Oh, the, the bus to the resort. And Richmond played that night. Richo kicked five goals and we won. We beat Carton round one. So yeah. it was early in the year. And I listened to that and I'm like, Chops was my favourite. Still is my favourite song of all time. And yeah. you go home and a couple of years later, I bought Toxicity the album and I started playing drums a lot more and you play the song Toxicity on drums and Aerials became a really big song. You got songs like Atwa and Buddy, like Prison Song and Bounce. Forest and is and forest amazing. Forest, yeah. Like it just from go to woe. And like System... I remember our mate Jared Edwards from primary school loved them, and I'm like, what the fuck's wrong with you? I'm yeah. like, they got a couple of good songs, but they're not a great band. But listening to this album this is a classic album nick I, I, rem- just, I don't know how to argue against it see i remember
0: like listening to it and i remember listening to prison song and i hated prison yeah, song for then- the
1: longest time yeah.
0: and then I, I don't know what i, get that. I, I don't know that. what clicked clicked but i feel like that's a lot of things with system in general yes. it's like you're, you almost need a couple of songs you need like cause even Chop so Chop is a nut song like <laughs> it is it's so, <laughs> like it's so dumb like yes. you almost need a certain like you might need to start with like an aerial or something <laughs> a little bit more palatable yes. to actually move into the other styles yep. but this song, like i remember like i remember seeing the song bounce perform live oh, at, like mate. a rock rock, rock, rock ring, <laughs> and i just saw <laughs> the amount of people jumping was just like it felt like 1990 rage kind of like you know what i mean like,
1: well we have that we've got the vision of rage at live in mexico yeah and like we grew up with that on dvd and love and rage and you see system doing the same thing and you're like there's Armenian band in america it's doing crazy good things yeah. and like they're a political band and they took the charge. They they played Armenian music and metal, and they changed that. No one sounds like System ever. Like they had that perfect blend of heaviness in their guitar to appeal to the metal lords, and then you obviously got the appeal to the like the the mainstream with songs like that. So and
0: h- how many bands have you really heard try to mimic System? They can't.
1: You can't do it. Oh, well, Drake tr- Drake's got a couple of things with Chris with these vocals and yeah. tries to go surge wise, but they don't sound anything like yeah. System. So they're too hard to replicate. Now. Well, let's go to number one. Can I just say one thing about yes. System? The reason Ariel's and uh, I mean, sorry, Mesmerise and Hypnotise didn't make it because the six songs on both that should have been together on one album would have made it the greatest album yeah, of all yeah, time, yeah. but they don't they quite. They split them up. Yes. Yes. Okay, but yeah, That's go. fair enough.
0: So you're number one, Nathan. Now you broke a rule, uh, not even like a cardinal sin for number 10. <sighs> yeah. And for number one, it's almost a, I would almost say another cardinal sin. Yeah. Um, I don't know if this is done to infuriate me or what, but number one uh, of your top 30 <laughs> albums, Nathan, <laughs> yeah, of all time, is Polaris the guilt and the grief yeah. EP? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> Nick. What do you think of it? What were you, your uh, first uh, the, thoughts, the mate? The balls on this man. The balls on what, this man. What was
1: my message to you when I when I sent it?
0: Oh, you said, what did, What did you say? You said, I can't fucking remember. It was something.
1: <laughs> it was something out. I'm pretty sure you threw up. It was I, said, up, I, said, up. I said,
0: I'm rock hard. <laughs> and, and then you said, how's the sheer audacity of a fucking greatest album making the top 10? And I said, and I said, it's vomit and juice.
1: <laughs> well, Nick, okay, okay I'll, I'll be serious. I think it's, it's just my favorite release in the scene yeah. history. I just, like, we've talked about it a heap on the show, and no matter what. Polaris has done since. It's never been as good as to me as what the Guilt and the Grief was. I, I don't think any scene album has meant more of like, I don't know, like when it came out, I remember listening to it. I'm like, this is the coolest thing ever. And I haven't r- like repented from that since yeah. it came out. And I don't know, it was the perfect phase. We're still in a band at that stage. I'm like, fuck, if we can get this good. Like, yeah. th- th- these guys are going to be the biggest band of all time, like in Australia in the scene. And they're on that path and trajectory. They're going to be, they are they're the parkway of the modern day, like for us. So, the guilt and the grief, man. I, I I can't say a bad word about it. Like, just, you go from the start, you got Regress, great song. You got, buddy, La Poole Divide, however you want to say it, La Poole Divide, like <laughs> the French song. You got, buddy, unfamiliar, unfamiliar, which is my favorite Polaris song, probably still, No Rest. Um, There's a Hold You Under. And yep, you got Voiceless. So, those six songs, which is 24 minutes, 25 yep. minutes. So, it's almost an album length anyway. It's only five to ten minutes off being an album length. It's pretty close. So, I just think that has meant more to me than any of those other albums and like every single one of those albums in the 30 means something to me but this means more and I love it more so I just I think it's the perfect number one
0: it's a really like and also like the amount of different kind of things they do within these six songs unbelievable it's really like it's actually really staggering like like as you say, Lapoide Divide, or however you want to Pool Divide, that in between Regress and um and I sound unfamiliar like Dracula, and unfamiliar. <laughs> you too You sound like <laughs> you're from Transylvania. Um, beat, that song being in between Regress and unfamiliar. They're so different, yes, <laughs> like that. It's dude. so fucking different. And as you said, Hold You Under with Marcus Bridge, finishing the album, like, finishing the EP. They could have put that number one because Marcus <laughs> Bridge is on there. Exactly. Right? Like, you should put that number one, but they, they didn't have to. No, they didn't because Regress it. is the greatest song
1: of all time. <laughs> I said that eight times in this <laughs> fucking interview, <but> Nick. <laughs> We've had
0: <our> eight greatest <laughs> songs of all time.
1: <laughs> well. Dude, I, this, pardon me, we might do the best EPs in the scene. Yeah, we should. Like, yeah, maybe we can do that next week. But um, this is as good as, like, album that I've heard. So, yeah. like, as an EP, this stands up to any, like, Eternal, I love Eternal. I love Toxicity. I love both of those. Yeah. But for me, like, I don't know, like, I don't want to be, like, I don't think there's even recency bias because they've released two albums since. So, yeah. I, I, I don't think there's anything against that being number one because... It just is. It's my favourite release. I just love it. Throughout this um, whole thirty, yes. Mate.
0: What I say like fifteen scene albums, I guess I would call yes, it. Yes, yes. I just go through a couple others that are yes, in there. You yep. got uh, Subliminal Criminals by Straight from the Path at yes. twenty nine. Architects Lost Forever Lost Together at twenty eight. Yep. You got also you got Enter Shikari Flash Flutter Colour at twenty
1: three. All introductions, Nick, really, for yeah. me for the first
0: first kind of bands, you All, would
1: say. Uh, funny story about Enter Shikari. That they I listened to them the first time after watching a, the poison D V D from Bullet. Yeah. They had the poison. They played in London or whatever it was, and there was about ten kids wearing Ente Shikari <laughs> jumpers, and I'm like, "What the fuck is Ente Shikari?" So yeah. I, you type in the YouTube as you do, you do the, do the vo- like you, you go and hustle some videos, and I'm like, "What the fuck is this?" Yeah. And you bought that album, and yeah. I bought that album. I'm like, "Wow,
0: <laughs> it was one of those." What else it can is you one say? of those albums, isn't oh, it? Uh, Are disgusting? at 19 yep. it's probably in both of our lists and like oh I think we almost underrate how fucking
1: great that album <sighs> is even though it's album, now 30 like it just Red Bull feels, Records it's unbelievable mm. like
0: one of my favourite probably my second favourite debut album ever
1: well that like, that came out with CrossFaith's EP that year was it the Zion, Zion EP? EP so right. like that was pretty close to making my 30 as well so wow, like yeah. we had it. that was our introduction to the scene we came in at a good time
0: yeah well at least at least we like to think that I'm assuming people who get into scene now will probably say the same thing in 10 years time
1: I'm about to say the exact same yeah. thing about Amity and Beartooth releases yeah. now they'd be their favourites so Absolutely. maybe we're wrong but let, I, I don't think so
0: let live fake history at number yes. 16 oh. also at Kanye West my beautiful dark
1: of fantasy at 15 B- black is beautiful very stiff yep. I think that like that's in that 30 to 35 range but yeah, but yeah. <laughs> oh Kanye yeah Nick one thing you said about six six out I can listen to that album at any point yeah. and it's great it yeah. doesn't matter you can skip to track 8 track 4 track 12 does not matter I think that's his best release and I think Donda will get in there one day too
0: yeah well I, actually it probably would be my top 50 Donda co- close Dude, to Donda is coming I'm telling and you Rage Against the Machine Self-titled and Battle of Los Angeles coming in 14 and 24.
1: just feels like our childhood, those two. (laughs) It really is that, isn't it? I always was a man that said Battle of Los Angeles is better than than the self-titled, but you go back and listen to both and that...
0: I don't think there's a wrong answer as well. There's like, not, you know no, what? I I listen to Evil Empire during the week. It's and a classic like, too. It's really great. Yeah. Like it's just it's got more of like a punk rock edge to it, it whereas like the other ones have more of a bouncy kind of feel to yeah. it. And um, they all sound a little. They've got a little bit different. Maybe some people would say it all sounds the same, but like I think they sound a little bit different. It's kind mm. of similar how we think every Osprey album has a little bit of a tinge of different feel to it. it. Does, other yeah. people might say it just sounds like every other Osprey album. But dude, they are both great albums. Like, oh, yeah. Is there has there ever been an album that's come out that has wanted you to start collecting? vinyl <laughs> because you've kind of said it every now and then and you're like oh, i should get this one on vinyl or something like that has there ever been an album that's been like oh this is the one because the album for me that actually got me into vinyl was alien yeah. by north well, well you that bought
1: the- it that night we went to the ya yeah. you yeah because we, we had the option to get it for like 20 bucks i'm like Fuck it, 20 bucks i'm gonna get the fucking album for 10 bucks CD, <laughs> or whatever it was but dude like there's so many times I, I think when i get my house i'll get a vinyl and do it yeah. properly because like just at the moment, like with my room set up, just I don't have the room to put a. I don't even have a CD player in there at the moment. Yeah. But if there's one, I think Low Teens was the first one yeah. back in 2016. I'm like, I need map change and a vinyl just to <laughs> listen to it through pure speaker heaven. Or like everyone reckons it sounds better than a vinyl. You've always said yeah. that, so that'd be one. I need the two Carnival records. I need can't. I need the martyr and I need Sound Awake because they're just too beautiful to look at to not have. Yeah. But if I could hunt down um the guilt and the grief, that'd be great too. Absolutely, man. Mm. Uh,
0: anything you want to say before we get out about these lists, man? No.
1: Well, it's been uh, a
0: great list. It's a good list of albums. It is a good list of albums.
1: A lot of diversity. I, I try to change it up. I'm not as into hip-hop as you, but yeah. that's why I try to bring a little bit of the chili pepper flavor, like Nirvana, a little few things that are kind of growing up you listen to. Yeah. So it's, yeah, you mix it. Mix absolutely, it man. And Subliminal Criminals made it now. Fuck, I know. What, a, what an album. Two a great words,
0: album. Two words
1: by it. What Craig Reynolds? Craig Reynolds. He's the best drummer, in probably the scene. You reckon he's better, than Nick Peterson? I reckon he's close. Like, I'm a, I'm a drum fiend. I'm obviously a drummer, so like I'm drum heavy on the the players in there. So Chad Smith, growing up, Nick Peterson, the first real Shran guy I loved. Then Craig Reynolds. Now the Downbeat podcast, great podcast he's yeah, doing, absolutely. and he's an amazing drummer. So like that's that's why that got in. I love it. Top 30 hours, Nave. Good
0: shit. Well done, Nick. And um, next week, I don't know what we'll be talking about. Maybe EPs. We might, go, we might just kind of... Yeah, could,
1: we'll so pick like, five just, each or something. Yeah, something like that. Try yeah. and make a,
0: make a top five or, overall. Yeah, Have a battle of it out, Nathan. I won't have the guilt and the grief because I've already said that. How but, dare you? No, yeah. guilt and the grief automatically number one now. Fuck. <laughs> you bitch. <laughs> I can't back out now. <laughs> uh, too easy, guys. We'll see you guys next Sunday.